Before we get to my convo with Mark, the ballpark hunter, I got to tell you about this incredible hot sauce I just tried. Silk City Hot Sauce. Everyone is affected by COVID, and so many people want to know how they can help out in their own way. Me, personally, I've been trying to support and shop at more mom-and-pop places, family-owned businesses, and, and what's more family-oriented than a hot sauce company that's ran by a husband, wife, and a beautiful child? Made in Vermont with locally grown Vermont peppers, which means not only are you supporting the family-owned business of Silk City Hot Sauce, but also the Vermont farmers. Silk City Hot Sauce. Named after Jeff's ancestral roots in Patterson, New Jersey, he took his love of the Garden State with him to Vermont, and boy, does he have a lot of flavors to choose from. For health nuts like me, and listen, I spoke to Jeff, the owner, numerous times about this product, 100% natural, gluten-free, vegan, contains zero chemicals. The dude even packs it in recyclable glass containers, beyond fresh. Now, Silk City Hot Sauce has nine unique flavors. I never lie to you guys. I've only tried two of them. The Mango Madness, which I tried, pineapple, lime juice, fresh habanero peppers, tons and heaps of mango and tropical spices out of this world. I had it with chicken the other night, and I really can't get enough of it. Just chunks of mango with a great kick. And the Dragon Sauce. It's like a Chipotle version sauce, but Jeff put in Vermont maple syrup. So it has like a sweet kick. It's hot, smoky, sweet, and savory. Delicious. The unique one I'm dying to try, but I'm being hesitant, and I'm an adventurous eater, is the Cherry Sriracha. It's made for ice cream, red jalapeno peppers, red dessert cherries, lime and garlic. Sounds funky. They say that the Halloween blood red and the sweet tart cherry and the mild heat are perfect combo for vanilla ice cream. I'm going to be adventurous with this one, and I'll let you guys know. Real quick, they have Taco Fiesta, Habanero. The new product is Killer Hot, which I will not be trying. Smoking, Dragon, Buzz, which has peaches and bananas. And of course, the Fire Goddess. The two I tried have been an absolute home run. But listen, go to SilkCityHotSauce.com. That's SilkCityHotSauce.com. Enter SAFO, S-A-F-O, in the coupon box. Receive 15% off. You're welcome. But listen, there's a ton of deals on there. There's a two-pack, a three-pack, a six-pack. I promise you won't be disappointed. If you are, email me. Tell me you're not happy. It'll never happen. You're going to love it. The more you choose, the more you save. Go to SilkCityHotSauce.com. Pick out some flavors. Someone try the cherry flavor. Let me know how it is. <laughs> now, here's Mark, the ballpark hunter. Mark, what's going on, man? Thanks for calling in. No problem. Thank you for having me. Yeah, man. I'm a big fan of uh, your page and your work, man. So this is going to be kind of cool. All right. Sounds good. Where are you calling me from? Uh, I'm in Indianapolis, Indiana right now. Now, I know you're a Jersey guy. When you moved out to Indy, did you switch teams and uh, were you unfaithful? No, no. I'm, have, I did not switch teams. No way. <laughs> so who were who, who your teams? Uh, Mets, Devils, Jets, Knicks, New York Cosmos still. Oh, so you stayed Those local are... You stayed local to all your teams. I thought you mentioned the White Sox fan. Is that true or no? I, I do like the White Sox, yes. I did adopt them just because as a Mets fan, I hate the Cubs. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. And there's a lot of Cubs fans out here, and my uh, mother-in-law, uh, their family's from the south side, so... <laughs> I, I didn't see it. I didn't see it that I was being uh, unfaithful for voting, rooting for the Sox. So no, and especially they're in the American League, so you can you can yeah. your eyes can wander a little bit. So that's that's how I look at it. I just when I got out here, everybody was a Cubs fan. It was during that 2003 year where everybody became a Cubs fan again. Of course, and you know I felt a little bad for what happened then, but nah, 
still don't like them. Yeah, anytime you can uh, rub your mother-in-law the wrong way, that's always a, that's always a plus. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, so basketball reigns supreme out there uh, in the Hoosier State. Who's your college oh, yeah. team out there? My co- you know, I, I'm a Seen Hall guy. Really? I root for Seen Hall. I don't, I don't have a college team out here. Okay, I was going to say, if you win Hoosiers, I'm the biggest Kentucky fan in the world. So if you win Hoosiers, that, that could have ended yeah. this podcast real quick, man. Uh, well, I well I I can tell you this. Uh, I do have a soft spot for Louisville. Oh, like okay. Oh boy. All I right. I do like Louisville because I've been there several times to uh, review the arena for the website. Uh, never got into Kentucky. Never got into IU. I I don't know who's worse, who are worse, Cubs fans or IU fans. <laughs> Everybody I know <laughs> is an IU fan out here, regardless if they went to the school or not. The ones who went to the school, I get it. They, I understand loyalty. Mm-hmm. They can't stop talking how Bloomington is like the greatest college town on the planet. Now, it, it is a great college town, but you do have to go to other towns to compare it. I no, mean, no. I, they, they are so local-centric. They don't leave it, and that's it. it, it no. That's... <laughs> no, and no. Everybody's an IU fan out here. I, I went to Indiana State mm-hmm. uh, for my college, so – I would root for ISU when they make the tournament, but that happens. That happened two two years when I was in school. Oh, that's a cool. That's cool, ha- yeah. And I think it's happened two years since I left school. So that's we're do, we're almost on twenty years after I left college. So it's uh, it apparently doesn't happen too often. I, I mentioned the Garden State where you grew up. It's summertime. Where'd you hang out down the shore when you were here? Oh my god, uh, Seaside, Point Pleasant. Okay, okay, Bel- Belmar. <laughs> And what brought you out to Indiana? I went to school out here. I was at Rutgers for about two years, and I um, was commuting. Now, I only lived in Colonia, which was about a 12-mile drive, mm-hmm. but it took about 45 minutes to get there. My classes were just scattered all over the place. I hated it. I just hate going. To, I hated having to park in certain parking lots. I got so many tickets out there because... <laughs> If you're supposed to park on the New Brunswick campus and you got a class out in Piscataway, they're giving you a ticket. And if you you're two seconds late on paying the uh, meter, New Brunswick police is giving you a ticket. So I decided to look at some colleges out in the Midwest, the South, New England, and, and Indiana State. Surprisingly, said, "Okay, here we'll we'll sign you up. We'll accept you. Come out here. We'll give you a place to live." And, and I'm guessing and, you you met your wife out there and you stayed out there. Well. Uh, yeah, I did meet my wife. I I had a I did I did have a girlfriend at Indiana State. She was from Canada, but that didn't last. Uh, then I met a girl from Madison. I met another girl from Indiana State that lives in Indiana. Uh, that didn't last. So uh, I mean, the reason why Kate lived out in Indiana was to be with this one girlfriend that we're still friends, but we're no longer together. Uh, and I stayed out here. I got a job. It didn't work out between us. That was fine. It wasn't meant to be. And then I met my wife uh, a few years after, about five years after I moved out here. I, I appreciate the backstory. I, I, I love knowing who I'm talking to. So now I got this buddy, Eddie, Eddie Hoops on Twitter, and he's the one who reached out to you. He's, yes, Eddie Hoops. Yeah, he's my travel guy. He goes to – I always tell the stories. He, he flew to Israel for one day to watch a FIFA World Cup qualifying match. He wow. went to Alaska. He Dedicated. left. Yeah, he left uh, like on a Saturday morning, flew to Anchorage to watch uh, an Alaska basketball game. Yeah, and, and no, he came oh. back on a Sunday. So the dude's nuts. So, but he tells me about all these diehard sports fans, these the clubs that you guys go to, all the stadiums. And I get it. I'm a country counter. I'm trying to go to every country in the world. I get the obsession. Mm-hmm. So take me back to 2001. That's when you really started doing this. 
how did it begin, what was the fascination, Mark, and what hooked you on going to all these ballparks? Well, what happened was I was writing for a website called rsportscentral.com, and I was also covering the arena football team for another website, Arena Fan. Both are still in existence, the, the websites. And I got a press pass, and I was covering the football team, and I was interviewing players, and I had access to the media. And then I decided, well, I, can I do this for baseball? That's my sport. That's my passion. Uh, so I went to a Somerset Patriots game. Uh, they're uh, in, they're an independent team in the uh, Atlantic League. They're still around as well. Mm-hmm. Same PR guy. I walk into the press box and I'm thinking, what the heck am I going to write about? Am I going to cover the game? Am I going to interview players? Go into the locker room? I I really don't like hanging out in the locker rooms talking to players just to give ask silly questions unless mm-hmm. you know a newspaper has hired me to go there and, and ask those questions. So there was a gentleman from the Star Ledger newspaper, and he had told me he was reviewing the different minor league ballparks in New Jersey. And then, boom, it just hit me like a light bulb. I'm like, well, why don't I just do that? Why don't I just write about the ballpark, the experience, the atmosphere, what people can expect here? Uh, And then did Somerset Patriots, went over to Newark, went down to Atlantic City, Lakewood, Brooklyn, Staten Island. So you start doing everything in the vicinity in the new york new jersey metropolitan area and then pretty soon it's it's like okay let me drive down to the carolinas for a week and try to hit as many ballparks there and my goal was just to review ballparks and take pictures and that was at a time where i didn't have a digital camera yet so you would take a few pictures (laughs) and and pray they came out good (laughs) and pray that they came out well yeah exactly and scan them so now Thank God. Thank God we have digital photos now. I mean, that makes my job a lot easier. So, yeah, it's just it's, you know, and I had always gotten a ball, had always visited a ballpark since I was a kid. But now I was writing about it. Now I was trying to talk to uh, management and, and talking to fans and interviewing people and and really paying attention to, uh, you know, souvenir sales and uh, on field promotions. And most most minor league ballparks are like, yeah, sure, come on down. We'll give you a pass, and we'll more than more than friendly. I, I love how you just said Brooklyn, Staten Island, the Carolinas. How many stadiums, arenas, ballparks have you been to? I well, I just went to my two hundred and seventy first ballpark this past weekend. <laughs> so, and, and quite a few. Yeah, yeah. And, and now, don't take this the wrong way, but but you have a real job, and I, and I say that. Nice, because like, is this a hobby? <laughs> or no? Because I listen. You, yes. you make awesome YouTube videos. Is that lucrative enough? Because you have a good podcast. So is the stadium oh. thing lucrative enough, or is it you have a real job and this is a side hobby? Yeah, I, I it's a I'm a teacher. Uh, it's a side hobby. It's uh, like my brother plays in an Iron Maiden tribute band. Okay. So that this is my hobby. I go to ballparks and I make videos. <laughs> I wish it was lucrative. I tell you, there's so many people out there mm-hmm. that. I mean, they're just making money off Instagram. Yeah. They're not, they don't even have a YouTube page. There's a guy in Canada. He just eats fast food and and he'll camp out at a McDonald's for 24 hours eating McDonald's food. Makes thousands of dollars. Love to find out his secret, how he can get more people. <laughs> but yeah, I uh, the YouTube page, I've always had a YouTube page. Mm-hmm. I never really paid attention to it. I would post videos from time to time. And it wasn't until this year, right before the pandemic hit that I started getting equipment. I started planning things out saying, you know, I really should 
should make some videos and and try to push my YouTube content. Uh, and the pandemic hits, and then you get you get stalled. But I had enough material from the past decade of visiting places, just sitting on different cameras and and uh, you know on my computer that I'm able to continue making these videos. But this, yeah, but it's not lucrative. I wish it was. I wish I was getting two hundred dollars while I sleep at. <laughs> I mean, you should hear the stories people tell you. It's like, oh, yeah, I made this video 10 years ago, and it made $200 today. Yeah. You know, and that's one of one of a thousand videos I have. So I have well over 100 some video, uh, ballpark videos, and I do a lot of kickball videos because that's another thing I do. I play a lot of adult kickball. Mm-hmm. Those get those get a lot of views. Those, sometimes they get more views in a ballpark. It's, it's weird. I really haven't tapped into the statistics to – to really determine what I should be doing differently. Now, but me, no, it's not It's not lucrative. I am a teacher. Now, Mark, for, for me with countries, I can say, okay, there are 193 UN countries. So my number is 193. Mm-hmm. For someone like you, I know there's, what is it, is it club, what is it, 193? Or whatever the name of the club is when you visit all professional stadiums. Uh... Yeah, it's one club 132, which okay. is going to change in a couple years. Yeah, with, all, the, all uh, the new stadiums, right? Yeah, well, with LA going – both LA football teams mm-hmm. in one and then Seattle joining. So I think right now it's club 132. So now is there an end game for you or are you just like, I just want to keep going to different ones. Cause you're at 271. Is there like, okay, I want to hit 500. I want to hit three. Do you have an end game or, you know, that's uh, I wrote an article about this a few years ago. I have not been to two major league ballparks, not counting the new one in Texas. And that's Miami and that's Washington. Uh, Miami, I was there right before they switched. In Washington, I moved out to Indiana when the, the Montreal team moved down to D.C. So I just don't get – Washington's a city I just never seem to get to. I can get to other cities you know, that are much further away from me, but I never get down to Washington. Uh, I don't – you know, that's a good question. I, I, I'm not trying to hit all 30 ballparks in one year. I'm not trying to hit all arenas and, and football stadiums. I'm just trying to go to as many new ballparks as I can that I'm able to reach that makes sense. Uh, if I take a vacation somewhere, I want to hit those ballparks. So, for example, this year I was going to go to Charlotte. Mm-hmm. I was going to hit the uh, the Charlotte Knights AAA. I was going to hit Gastonia. I was going to hit the new Kannapolis ballpark, some other small ballparks in that in that area, and just kind of make that part of my conquest. Uh, right now I'm at 271. It'd be great to get to 300 one day, mm-hmm. uh, but you know I'm at the point where you know I could be doing this for another 20, 30 years, <laughs> maybe even more. I don't know. I mean I'm just going to go to as many ballparks as I can. Uh, I do have to tell myself sometimes you can go on vacation and do other things, but go to a ballpark because sometimes I, I do a little bit too extreme. Uh-huh. I'll try to I'll try to hit seven ballparks in six days or five days. And most people don't want to do that with me. Like my wife, she doesn't mind going to a couple games, but she doesn't want to spend her whole vacation going to uh, baseball games every night. So there really isn't an end game. It's just a journey, just a continuous journey. I'm a planner. So I love planning. I'll land in a city or a country and I'll be like, okay, I'm in uh, Amsterdam. I'm going to go nice. to the Anne Frank house at 7 a.m. I'm going to go to the Heineken factory at 9 I'm going to walk here, eat this. How do you plan your stadiums and your visits? I know you mentioned vacations, but how do you plan your stuff? Uh, I'll plan, you know, once, uh, you know, like, 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 let's go back to Charlotte. I had, 
I had one of those desk calendars and I would just not, not I would look at a map and I would look to see what ballparks are near Charlotte within a couple hours drive or, you know, three hours drive, depending on, on my route. And I would just write down where each game was being held, what time, you know, if I could do a game in Kannapolis, which is a suburb of Charlotte, I believe, if I could do an afternoon game at, on a Monday, and if Charlotte had a Monday game, a night game, I could hit two ballparks in one day. Uh, so that's kind of how I start planning. I look at the schedules, I print them out, I copy them down onto a calendar, and I can see how many ballparks can I do consecutively. Uh, now, if all the ballparks are at night and I'm in Charlotte, Yes, I'm going to look at the museums. I'm going to look at places of interest. Maybe check out the football stadium. Maybe the NASCAR Hall of Fame, I think, is down there. Uh, breweries, uh, restaurants, uh, you know, just, just weird little things to do around town. Maybe a district that is highly recommended to to walk around, to shop, or, to shop at. So, yes, I, I definitely plan these things out in advance. Uh, I'm also a type of person that can change things at the drop of the hat. Mm-hmm. This past weekend, I was going to this past week, I was going to Lansing, Michigan to go to a ballpark that I had been to about 15 years ago. And at the last second, I decided to drive three hours to Traverse City, beautiful town. And I went to a ballpark that I never visited before. So sometimes I can just be very uh, I can just change my plans very quickly as well. Now, Mark, you're the at Ballpark Hunter on Twitter. I know you uh, you write, you podcast, and you also oh, yeah. you write for StadiumJourney.com. How would you get that gig? And tell everyone about that awesome site. I'm a big fan <laughs> of that site. Stadium Journey, uh, this is exactly what happened. Uh, one of my, I'm a teacher. One of the colleagues that I teach with is a season ticket holder for the Colts. She shows up to uh, lunch one day with me, and she's like, Mark, this is your type of magazine you should be writing for. <laughs> and it was a stadium journey magazine. And it had the list of the 100 best stadiums in in the country or, in, or in North America. Mm-hmm. And the Colts were number one on it. They ranked number one for, I think that year and the year after. So this was 2013. Uh, so I contacted Paul Sweeney, who was the co-founder and editor of the magazine. He and I had a great conversation He's like, well, I need somebody in Indianapolis. I could bring you on. Actually, he said, I'm actually going to be in town covering the Butler uh, game at Hinkle Fieldhouse. Uh, both of us met, had a great conversation. And I just started writing ever since then. And and I think I'm at 400 stories since 2013. Okay. I just did my and you're a good writer, man. I, I enjoy your writing. After Eddie told me about you, I started going like really <laughs> going down the rabbit hole. Man, you do a good job. Now, when you go to a stadium – whether it's pro or minor league, even high school, what do you look for? And I'm going to call you an expert, 271 stadiums. What catches Perfect. your eye? What stands out? What makes you want to write about it or uh, YouTube about it? Uh, I'm going to tell you like a wow factor. Like when you go buy a house and you see that house for the first time, is it is it stunning? Is it breathtaking? That's kind of what I want to get when I see a, a stadium. I want to look at it from the outside and does it give me an impression? When I walk inside, does it does it give me that wow factor? Do you have banners hanging up? Uh, do you have people walking around? Do you have a, a smell of food? You know, when you go into a ballpark, you know, you always have that great smell of the grill or you just have people laughing or talking or, you know, you look at a mascot walk around entertaining the kids. You want to see some life. You want to see some 
excitement. Uh, you also want to see a good looking view. I would love, I love going to a ballpark where you just can stand behind home plate and just look around for a few moments and say, wow, look at this view of, of the city or of the mountains or the beach or, you know, of, of, of buildings that are surrounding the facility. So I definitely look for uh, aesthetics. I, I hear the, want to hear the atmosphere, you know, Brooklyn, New York. I mean, you walk into that stadium. It's, it's just such an overload on the senses. I don't know if you, have you been to a Cyclones game? Yeah, of course. I love it. I love it there. It's one of my favorite ballparks. I mean, you have the neon colors, yeah. you have uh, the roller coaster, you have the smell of the Nathan's hot dogs, the smell of the seawater, seagulls flying above you. Uh, you got the boardwalk. I, it just, it's just an overload of senses to mm -hmm. me. And there isn't a ballpark quite like MCU Park out there in the country. It's just uh, that that left a great impression on me that I, I've been there a couple times. The second time I went back, I'm thinking, yep, this is exactly how I remembered it. It was just amazing. Do you walk around? I know you obviously listen, you walk around Explore Stadium. Yes. Are you trying different beers, the facilities? Are you trying the wacky food? Are you trying to like, take it yes. all in and take the game in? I'm trying. Yeah, I do try to take it all in, uh, and and that's different. Some people just want to sit there at the game, keep score, and talk about that from that perspective. I I don't sit down. I walk around constantly during a game. Uh, I try to take as many pictures as I can, uh, candid shots. I try to take different angles. Yes, I do want to try the beer. Uh, up in Traverse City, they have I think they had about twelve different Michigan beers on tap. And, you know, you try to go to those one beers that you're not too familiar with or mm -hmm. you try to talk to people and say, hey, what beer do you like a little bit bit more? You know, what are your suggestions? The wacky foods you definitely want to try. I mean, I've had I've had a Twinkie dog with whipped cream <laughs> on it. I've had a donut burger. I've had a deep fried slider. Uh, my goodness. I've had nachos. I've had barbecue pork nachos, Philadelphia cheesesteak nachos. I've had a deep fried Philadelphia cheesesteak. So yes, you definitely try. You definitely want to try those foods because, number one, you know, if it if you like it, you can tell people about it. Your honest opinion, and then now with my YouTube page, sometimes I just want to make a standalone video with me just eating this weird concoction. <laughs> hey, so obviously, twenty twenty has been a wash for people like us who just want to travel and do random stuff. But give me like a normal first week of April, because you know, right now. Basketball, uh, baseball's reign supreme, you know, in July. So just say the first week of April or, or mid-March or something or September. Give me a, a crazy week for you. What goes into the planning? What do you try to see? And, like, what uh, consumes your weekend? My goodness. Well, like, if, if I'm not traveling anywhere here in Indianapolis, if it was a weekend, I mean, I could be down at Victory Field watching AAA baseball, the Indians. I could be over at Lucas Oil checking out uh, Lucas Oil Stadium, checking out the Indy Eleven which is our USL championship team. Uh, I could also head down to Lexington. I have a friend down there and check out minor league baseball. And there's a couple minor league baseball teams between here and Lexington. Mm -hmm. If I drive through Cincinnati, uh, I would say on a good week. Uh, I, yeah. I, like I would say during April, I could see myself watching minor league baseball, high school basketball, college basketball, maybe hockey, you know, you just sort of plan, plan your nights. Usually I want to go on a Friday or a Saturday someplace, maybe take a two hour drive to Fort Wayne, check out the baseball and hockey team over there. Maybe I'll head over to Terre Haute, Indiana, which is 90 miles away from here. Mm -hmm. uh, check out their collegiate venues. 
uh, it's it's like whatever whatever is needed. You know, if I review, you know, let's say I review the Rump Arena, mm-hmm. and that's six years old or five years old, I probably should go back and review it again. So I'll call my friend up. I said, "Hey, I'm coming down to review Rump, and then maybe a couple side trips when I head back to Indianapolis. Uh, maybe check out a soccer game, a football game." On my way back, I um, it, it's it's sort of up in the air, you know. I just I, I see what I'm able to do, or I see what I want to do uh, as a review. Uh, when I plan vacations, that's where I'm really kind of planning things to happen all at once, you know. <laughs> you so pull, it's nice. Your poor wife. What's that? I said your poor wife because I get it. I we're in yeah. Barcelona just saying I'm like, hey, we have to take the bus to Endor. She's like, why? Well, like, yeah. We, we got to spend a day there. So I get it. So you're lucky that your wife's cool. My wife's awesome with it too. But what have you been up to since you've been grounded? Because we can't do anything. So like, what do you, are you binge watching horrible TV shows? What have you been up to? I have been writing a lot. I've been doing a lot with the YouTube channel. I think that that has helped me out, which is sort of a sort of an it's sort of an oddity is that. If we did not have this pandemic, I probably would not have been pushing this YouTube channel as much because I have enough content on there to last until the end of the year without anything new this year. So I I wake up, I write articles. I This is, I think, my third podcast that I've done. I've actually picked up a lot of Twitter followers. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what I've been doing is, you know, since the pandemic – I've been to a soccer game. I've been to a high school tournament game at a minor league ballpark, and I've been to two minor league games. So I've only been to four, four sporting events since the pandemic, since we've been in quarantine. Uh, that's that's a week for me you, during the summer. Well, you're so rubbing some, in. Don't rub it in, Mark. Now you're rubbing it yeah. in because I can I w- drive past Yankee Stadium. I get a tear in my eye. So don't rub in that you've only been to four. I would do anything oh, to be at a stadium wow. right now. So please, please. Wow, four. Well, yeah. Well, the. Uh, <laughs> I think the uh, I think the New York Boulders are playing. Uh, I, think I might have. have to jump there and go watch them. <laughs> Let me. They're ex- playing. Somerset's <laughs> playing. Yeah, it's weird. There's there's certain parts of the country. Like if I was out in the Dakotas, they have a league out there called the Expedition League. All their teams are playing now. I know. I think they're under certain caps. But if I was living out in the Dakotas, Western Nebraska, you know, God's country, I'd probably have a lot of stuff to do out there. But. I'm about 12, 14 hours away. So I thought about driving to, to Bismarck, North Dakota. I said, eh, maybe I should drive out there. There's a baseball game. I mean, when am I going to want to be out there in North Dakota? But I came to my senses. Do, do you see yourself shying away from stadiums you've been to? So you're – um, I'll give, Oh, yeah. Okay. And, and maybe visiting smaller stadiums that don't have the pizzazz and they probably won't be as fun. Do you see yourself shying away and doing that? Hmm. I – yeah, that, that's actually a pretty good question because Lansing, when I went to the, the ballpark this uh, couple of days ago, I had been there in 15 years. and I never even thought about it. It was like, okay, it's off my list. Mm-hmm. I don't have to go back. But the, the ballpark has changed. And to be honest with you, I don't remember what that ballpark looked like back in 2005. Wow. Uh, they, added a, they added this new apartment complex in the back of the outfield. Very colorful. That was new. There's this awesome brewery behind it, Lansing Brewing Company, four dollars a pint for pilsners and lagers. <laughs> you, you got me. I mean, heck, that's a hell of a price. So, I mean, yeah, I, I'm just like I should go back to some of these other ballparks that that I haven't been to in, in a, a few years. You know why? 
why just say the heck with it? Why, you know, things have changed. Ballparks change constantly. You know, they add, they add new decks, they add new names. Uh, the, the team changes uh, logos or uniforms. Uh, some of the, some of the smaller ballparks, I'm very curious how they operate. Uh, there's some down in Southern Illinois that I have just seen pictures of. Cause that's another thing. Sometimes you hear about these ballparks, but you can't find a good photo of them. So somebody in, uh, I forget the name. It's in not Carbondale, Illinois. It's, it's in the prospect league. They're called the Cape catfish. Okay. I, I looked at their ballpark. I'm like, wow, look at this. Looks gorgeous. I'd love to go there. Very small ballpark, but what they did is on the first base side outside of the grandstand, they put up tents and they put up concession stands and they made it look like sort of like a a state fair atmosphere. So I would love to go down there because that ballpark looks small and nobody has reviewed it yet. I don't think anybody's reviewed it for any site. I mean, there's a lot of other sites that review ballparks and that has been I've never came across a review of this particular facility. So, yeah, definitely, you know, these smaller ballparks, you're kind of curious what they do there. Now, sometimes I can tell you this. I went to Owens, uh, Owensboro, Kentucky last year. They have a very small ballpark. In fact, it's almost like a community park. Like a, it's a glorified high school field. Okay. It was okay. It wasn't anything spectacular, but, you know. It's it's nice that you know you can go, you can go to these facilities and yeah g- give your opinion on you know I I wasn't expecting anything spectacular but it was like okay it's kind of basic nothing nothing too exciting uh, but if you like baseball and you're just there to watch the game it, it was it was good on that level. You you mentioned you did a, a few podcasts I know you you uh, you do your own I listened to the Wax Pack podcast you did that was a great episode so tell me about your oh, podcast yeah, that- yeah tell me about your podcast. What's the focus of it? What's the genre of it? The podcast, I, I work with uh, three of the gentlemen, Dan Kalachico, Paul Baker, who's the president of Stadium Journey, and Dan Cotney. Uh, Paul's from Rhode Island. Dan's from uh, Kitchener, Ontario. And uh, Dan is our engineer, producer. He's from uh, the Philadelphia area of New Jersey. Uh, so what we do is we talk about We try to talk about stadiums, but when we get guests on there, we try to focus on them. So we had Emma Tiedemann on this past week. She is the one of four female radio announcers in baseball. So we had her on to talk about her experiences and why she got into it and uh, any any kind of uh, hurdle she had to go through. Um, We do we do like to talk to people from different cities that are similar to us that go to a lot of venues. We have a gentleman from Chicago coming up next week. So we're going to talk about Chicago sports scene, the stadiums, you know, the foods, the beers, what people like to do there. Uh, You know, we, we talk to GMs from baseball and hockey teams. We've had presidents of, uh, of of baseball clubs come on and talk about their operations and, and ballpark experiences uh, we had Chris Creamer on there from SportsLogo.net mm-hmm. uh, just to talk about baseball uniforms and logos and, and uh, of the past, you know, several several decades how they've evolved. That was a great one. Uh, another thing we like to do is we like to look at our annual list of the best NBA, Major League Baseball, college venues, uh, and we just have a conversation between the four of us. 
So it's always usually focused on stadiums. It's focused on cities. Sometimes we do a food podcast. So if you go to Portland, Oregon, if you go to Portland, Maine, or if you go to New Jersey, you know, what, what kind of regional food should you try? Uh, you know, if you go to Yankee Stadium, you know, what exactly is a knish? You know, there's people that don't know what a knish is. But to me, that's something you always got at Yankee Stadium. And you guys have great chemistry, too. So where can people find that podcast? Uh, they can find it on our YouTube channel, Stadium Journey. Uh, you can also find it on stadiumjourney.com. Just hit on the podcast button, and it will give you a list of all the podcasts. Uh, you can also uh, type it into the uh, into your iPhone. But what, what's the term for that? A- aggregator? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I can never think of that name to say. But you, you can type in Stadium Journey in there as well. So we have many ways to find it. Uh, those are three options that you can check us out. Are you ready to finish up with a few quick hit questions? Yeah, yeah, let's do it. One sporting event you wish you could have been to live to witness? Uh, game six of the 1986 World Series. Oh, that's a, that was, you know, that was an easy one for you. You wanted to be there at, uh, at Shea as, as the ball goes through Buckner. All right. How about, yeah, uh, th- that, that or when Manchester City won their first Premier League uh, championship uh, with the two goals and extra time. That would have been crazy to to have been to as well. But uh, yeah, definitely game six. That's a little kid. I remember telling my mom, "Oh, I wish I was there." But yeah, what stadium let you down the most? You had the highest expectations for it. You get there and you're like, "Ah, oh. <laughs> you, you may like Fenway Park." Okay, no that that's fair because of the seats are narrow and the yeah. parking. Okay, that that's actually a good answer. You go there for nostalgia, but it's not. Eh. Yeah, and, and see, I was there before they did. They, they made a lot of the renovations, so maybe that's a ballpark I need to go back to one day. But, of course, this was back when you could get tickets for 15 bucks the yeah. day of the game. But I, I think it was the people that I was with. They really weren't baseball fans. I think I forced them to go to the game. You know, It's like, really? You guys don't want to go to Fenway <laughs> Park? We're up here. It's historic. It's like the oldest ballpark in the country. You know, Yeah, I was a little let down by that. Two, two, I, need, yeah. I need to go back. I should go back one day. 271 places to watch a game. I want the best fans and the most obnoxious fans. Oh, my goodness. Uh, whoo, I like Chicago White Sox fans. Okay. Because I think they're just like, you know, you always hear how the Chicago White Sox, you know, are the, or the B team in Chicago. But, I mean, if the Chicago White Sox were consistently winning – I think more people would be out there supporting this club. And and I think that's the case for a lot of teams. Even as a Met fan, we, we have to consistently win. We cannot, we cannot have seasons where we make the world series and then don't even sip the postseason for the next five years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think winning brings out a lot of people. And I think that's the ultimate draw to a major league ball club is, is winning. Uh, so white Sox, you know, they have a good team. I don't know what the future is going to look like for them, but it's very promising. Uh, but you could go there on a Saturday night or a Friday night, and and guarantee rate field is packed. There's mm-hmm. people out there, and these are diehard fans. This is generation of, of, of people that have supported this team. They don't like the Cubs. They want nothing to do with the Cubs or the North Side. <laughs> and they're not, you know. And, and their attitude is okay when this team finally wins again. And They'll be there. It's, you know, we're from the South side. You have to root for the White Sox. And, you know, they're, you know, people are like, well, they don't really like their club. They don't go out there to support them. Well, I mean, they've had some pretty bad seasons. So 
most most fans are not going to support bad clubs with the exception of you know the uh, the Chicago Cubs mm-hmm. but that's more of the neighborhood that that's located in and it's a tourist attraction so people like to go out to Wrigley Field no matter if they're winning or losing so I, I like White Sox fans they're they they know the game you had a conversation with them they'll talk about every player from Carlton Fisk all the way down to like Freddie Patek you know it's uh they know their history Obnoxious fans, uh, Philadelphia Flyers. Yeah, okay. And Philadelphia, you could have stopped with Philadelphia right there. Uh, yeah, I could have stopped that Philly. Uh, <laughs> Philly fans can be obnoxious, but, you know, growing up a Devils fan, you know, I, I, I thought Ranger fans were obnoxious, but they're just passionate fans. I mean, you know, that's what you want. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, Philadelphia fans can be tough. I, I remember even going to indoor lacrosse games in Philadelphia and being pelted with Fig Newtons and peanuts and nacho cheese and God knows what else. So yeah, yeah, Flyer fans are pretty obnoxious, and and one of the guys I do the podcast with, Dan, is a Flyers fan. So worst, we go back and forth. Worst promotion at a stadium because you've been to a lot of minor league promotions. Wor- worst promotion you've ever seen at a stadium? Uh, you know, here's a promotion that I think this team does all the time. It's in Lake Elsinore, California. It's called Nothing Night. And they let they let fans in for free. They don't serve any. They don't serve, which is an awesome thing. But and that's the, the irony of it. They let fans in for free. They don't make any announcements. Uh, they don't have. Uh, the, there's no public speaker. There's no promotions on the field. The mascot isn't walking around. All you're doing is watching a baseball game. So all the fan and all the excitement is coming from the fans in the stands. That's actually pretty unique. I, I'm going to say that's actually really different. It is really different. I was in. I was there in two thousand and five, and I, I had a press credential, so I wasn't. I didn't notice all of this until somebody told me. But then I was talking to fans, and they're like, "Well, we bought tickets a couple days ago. They were selling tickets to the game." Oh, <laughs> but like, like, why? Why would you sell me a ticket to a game? You know, you're not going to be. You're not going to be advertising. But uh, you know, fortunately. Um, they gave they they refunded them. So yeah, I, I just I feel like when I go to a minor league baseball game, I want all that I want all that excitement. You want, want the wacky the stuff. I want all the laughing stuff. Another promotion that for me, based on my age, is not that exciting is camp days. Uh when they let all the kids come into the game at twelve o'clock in the afternoon. And depending on where you are, you could be pelted with water balloons or super soakers <laughs> or you can just have a bunch of kids running around the concourse, but that doesn't bother me as much as going to a game with, with nothing going on. So, yeah, I wasn't a big fan of uh, nothing night in Lake Elsinore, but. A lot of stadiums, Mark, have a, you, you don't get hard tickets anymore, which sucks. I love the hard tickets. I have shoebox filled with them. Do you oh, keep yeah. any souvenirs or something from your stadiums to signify your trip? Oh, yeah. I, I collect all my ticket stubs. I, I save all my press passes. I have ticket stubs dating back to. 1988 87 so i do keep the ticket stubs uh i don't like the fact that you because sometimes i do buy tickets to a game and Mm -hmm. go as a fan i hate printing off tickets online because you're right that's not a ticket i want i want the actual ticket i want to be able to save it into my I, i have a photo book where i save all of them at and uh you know, I like to save that i like to get a program a lot of the programs are are given to fans free now Sometimes I keep them. Sometimes I toss them out. I also like to keep. Uh, I also like to take a picture of mm-hmm. me at the ballpark. You know, take a selfie. 
And uh, my wife tells her, why don't you take a picture of all these ballparks you go to and make a collage downstairs in the basement. So should look into that. Uh, two more. Uh, one stadium you wish they didn't get rid of. Wish they didn't get rid of. Oof. You know, I should I should know that question. Uh, I like tell you the truth. I like County Stadium in Milwaukee. Oh, okay, that you know what the new the new park's nice. The Miller Park is nice though. Yeah, it's nice. But I County Stadium. I went there. It was the last season. I went there. Okay, you know what? Let's take away County Stadium. Tiger Stadium. I wish they would have kept Tiger Stadium. Very. That's, only because, that's fair. I like that. Okay. Oh, only because. To go to Tiger Stadium, I wish they would have kept it. I wish they would have kept it until I was able to go watch a game there. But uh, yeah, Tiger Stadium, um, you know, it wasn't in the best neighborhood, but mm-hmm. Detroit wasn't one of the best neighborhoods either. Twenty years ago, it's it's a lot nicer now. You'd be surprised. You'll see people walk around and take pictures. It's it's amazing. Yeah, I, I wish some of the old ballparks they could have found ways to renovate them and and maybe modernize them. Maybe not completely take them down but you know yeah tiger stadium looked like a really cool ballpark i'm sure it had its flaws uh county stadium i had a really good time at i'm not a huge fan of miller park i know a lot of people love it i love the tailgating i love the food but it feels sort of like chase field to me which i'm not a big fan of that either so and final one mark how about any player did you see anyone in high school gym or minor league field that became a superstar? And you're like, wow, I watched this dude play single A or I watched this dude in <laughs> Indiana playing in a small gym with the chipped paint. Uh, I saw Alex Rodriguez in Jacksonville, Florida, 1994. And now when you were there, you knew Does he, that count. Yeah, yeah. And, and you knew he was you, you knew he was a stud back then anyway. Like everyone knew uh, who he was, right? You know, I, I don't think I, I don't think I knew that back then because, you know, uh, I was down. I was down in Florida. I was about 18 years old at the time, and my buddies we took a uh, we took like this massive road trip from New Jersey, and we just happened to stumble upon this baseball game. We were just driving around Jacksonville, and we went to see the game. I bought a program, and you know, I don't think it hit me until I looked at the program a few years later to say, "Wow, Abrod played in this game." That's actually really. You know? Now, did you ever look to see what he did in the game? Did he go two for three or? Uh, he went, you know, I did look that up. Um, I think he got a couple hits if I remember. I don't remember if he went two for four, two for three, but, but yeah, I, yeah, I saw him. I saw Tim Howard play for the North wow. Jersey Imperials Okay, uh, when he was straight out of high school and, uh, from North, I think he went to North Brunswick high school. He was an 18 year old in 1997 playing for a minor league soccer team up in Teaneck. Saw him play. I also saw him play in with the Metro Stars a few years later as well. Uh, Andrew McCutcheons, I saw him play here in Indianapolis as a 19-year-old. He wound up becoming MVP with the Pittsburgh Pirates uh-huh. a few years later. Uh, B.J. Upton, I saw in an All-Star. Oh, that's game really cool then. Three. And I think I actually talked to him after the game. That's that's another thing. You know, you, you talk to some of these guys uh, when when you start covering the game. Mm-hmm. You start talking to these players. I'm trying to think. Did, and anybody else that I see that uh, became studs? Uh, high, on the high school level, there's a kid named Romeo Langford. Okay. Who plays for uh, Boston? He he was a, the number one draft pick for uh, Boston this past year. He was projected to be a superstar. He was one of the best high school players in Indiana. Wherever he played, 
he played in front of sold out crowds and the high school gyms here in Indiana can seat about six to 8,000 fans and he'd sell it out and he would sell it out. In fact, there was a game his junior year that he went up for a lay, he went up for a layup and he landed on top of my, my gut because uh, I was underneath taking pictures. So I like to think that I helped him help break his fall and sustain <laughs> injury. But yes, I saw Romeo play, uh, you know, his rookie year was, was, a, I, I don't know. I really, really hope he becomes a breakout star in the NBA, which he could, he can become a good role player. He can, he can become a solid all-star. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, he was that, that. That's the one person that you. That was the one kid you always heard. He's going to be really good. Oh yeah, this guy's going to be a star. Now, Mark, so. the ballpark hunter, bro. This was a blast. Give the plug though for the YouTube channel, the Twitter, the, the podcast, Stadium Journeys. Just give all the plugs right now. All right, you can uh, read my writings on StadiumJourney.com, the industry's leader in uh, sports stadium reviews. You can check out my YouTube page at Ballpark Hunter. Just type in Ballpark Hunter and you get to see me talking about food and travel and ballparks and other sports arenas. Uh, follow me on Twitter, Ballpark Hunter. Follow me on Instagram at Ballpark Hunter. I think I've made it pretty easy for people to follow me. <laughs> <laughs> Mark, this was a blast. Listen, keep up the great work. And eventually, me and Eddie Hoops will meet you at a stadium. We'll have some local beer. and We'll have a blast, brother. Sounds good. Talk to you soon, my friend. All right. Take care. Bye-bye.